Welcome to Amplify, a podcast created to inspire our listeners to learn about today's modern workspaces. I'm your host, Brad Schaefer. And I'm your host, Kiana Vandenberg. Today, we will be talking about how COVID-19 has affected the manufacturing industries and what we at Built have done to support the essential workers and environments during this time. Like we have the last couple episodes, we want to start today's episode off with a question. Today's question is kind of unique. The question is, if someone gives you an elephant and you can't sell it or give it away, what do you do with it? Who is giving me an elephant? Uh, yeah, it's the, I don't know. It's the question. Oh, well, hi. I, I don't know. Um, well, I would definitely have to move out of my apartment because my elephant would not be happy in an apartment for sure. Um, <laughs> I think that's a, 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 with everybody. It doesn't matter where you are. I don't think an elephant would be happy in anybody's house, but... <laughs> Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what I'd do. I mean, I guess I'd definitely, maybe I'd move to Africa. I don't know. How do you make an That's elephant happy? I, I don't know. What would make it happy would be food and water, shelter, I guess. Uh, yeah. I, I, I don't know. I guess buy a big piece of property. Oh, you know what I would do? If I had an elephant, I would make a zoo. Oh, that's a good idea. Because that is the first step, right, is to have an elephant. And then you just add on after that. I, I would agree with you. I mean, <laughs> that way you can have, uh, uh, um, what, I can't think of the right word right now. Uh, you could show it off. You're like, hey, look, look at my elephant. Come, right. you know, pay me $3 to look at it or whatever it is. Yeah, let me just profit <laughs> off my elephant. Right. <laughs> Why not? Uh, for today's episode, we wanted to take a look at how COVID-19 and this pandemic has, has changed industries, not just in the U.S., but even some global things as well. Uh and not only just industries, but we want to focus on how it's affected our everyday lives and talk about that a little bit as well. So if I ask you the question, what have you done differently in your life since this happened? Is there anything that stands out? I mean, a lot of things stand out to me. I mean, from shopping, like we talked about last time, socializing, literally my day to day. I mean, I'm back at work now, but before it was remote. And I mean, even being back at work, there's masks, there's sanitizer, there's all these different rules. I mean, it's kind of crazy what today's world looks like now. So one of the things we, we've, the shopping thing keeps coming up. I don't know. <laughs> but one of the things that has changed for us and since the beginning is when as soon as we get home with any groceries, we Clorox wipe everything. Oh my goodness. I do not have the patience for that. <laughs> I don't have the patience to go grocery shopping in the first place. I definitely don't have the patience to wipe down all my groceries. It, it's one of those, I think we started it when it first happened, we, mm -hmm. everybody was like terrified that this thing was crawling on every surface. Oh, yeah. yep. So we, we wiped down everything with Clorox wipes and then wiped down all the surfaces that they all touched. And huh. it made sure all the bags got thrown away in a specific location. Um, and then anybody that went grocery shopping showered and changed their clothes. I mean, it was like things changed very tr drastically, very quickly in our household. Mm -hmm. That is some dedication. <laughs> But then I look at just other other aspects for for a lot of us um, going to, to church on a Sunday was mm -hmm. was very restricted, if not impossible. And then now that we're able to go back in, in some instances, that life has changed for us. Um, masks are required for where I am. There's there's sanitizer stations everywhere. Mm -hmm. There's new processes and protocols and social distancing has made it very interesting yeah, it's been very different. I mean, church for me, a lot of it was about community and that's just not possible anymore. I mean, 
it's definitely different. I mean, I used to go out after church for lunch or for drinks or whatever, and you really just can't do that anymore. Maybe with one or two people, but definitely not with like 12 or 15. Right. It's just changed a lot of the way you look at socializing in general. I mean, even friends, especially back in March and April, a lot of get togethers were Zoom calls, which is something that was really never done before unless you were a thousand miles away from each other. You know right. what I mean? Yeah. So it's just very different. That Yeah. Uh, one of the things that's changed for us is the just the ability to go out to eat. Mm-hmm. As a family, we'd probably go one, maybe twice a week out to dinner and just have something, you know, quick takeout. And now it's like once a month, mm-hmm. if that. And even at that, we don't go in. We go through the drive-through, and then we're kind of—I don't know—we're weird about it. Yeah, I guess is <laughs> a way to put it. But it's just life is different, right? Um, I have a, a couple of kids in school, and I mean, we think that our lives are different now. But a lot of these that are returning to school or have been now for the last six weeks, their lives are drastically different as well. Mm-hmm. My oldest boy is a, a freshman this year, and he's in a geometry class. When I was in school, my geometry class had like 28 kids in it. Yeah, yeah, me too. His has eight. Oh, wow. <laughs> and he, everybody's spaced out very six foot as much as they can at this point. Mm-hmm. Um, on top of that, they have to wear masks. There's, I mean, this life is de- is different for them. They go to school at 9 o'clock now instead of 7.30 when I was in school. Oh. Um, I'm a little bit jealous of that. Yeah, that's, that is true. <laughs> uh, they show up to school. Obviously, they have to have a mask. Their temperatures are taken when they walk in the door. Mm. Um, they have free breakfast for everybody. So uh, what you can do is you, you they're supposed to pick up your sack breakfast lunch or whatever. Mm. Breakfast lunch. Sack lunch, sack breakfast, and take it to your first hour and eat it. Interesting. In class. Huh. Um, and then go about your everyday life. But it, it, with that, it's changed even more for the instructors. They now have multiple classes, from what I understand. Mm-hmm. They have their in-person classes that they're, they're teaching uh, with those option A students, is what we call them, that right. return to the class. But then they have their, their virtual students that are online just learning remotely. Like they, They're still instructed by the teacher, but not in person. So the, the teacher now has to do physical in-person class and then do something on top of that for the virtual class Mm -hmm. and and it's pushed them to the point where they're now asking students or requiring those that have decided to go back to school full-time to one day a week do virtual so every wednesday starting i think the middle of october they're going to do a virtual class a virtual day of school basically and then go back to school thursday friday Mm -hmm. i mean it's just it's things are different and my kids chose to go back to school because they love to play sports they're both highly involved in football basketball and track and that was one of the key deciding factors that you go back to school you're allowed to play sports so that in itself has changed the ability to to watch sports and and attend sporting events i I watched uh, an nfl game the other sun last sunday and one of the, the guys scored a touchdown. I was like, hey, you know, happy. Mm-hmm. And they jumped in the stands like they do. Yep. And there's nobody there. I know. It's crazy. I used to attend those football games, and I used to be the one, I mean, screaming in the stands when they touched, and they made a touchdown, and the football players would run up to us and high-five everyone and, I mean, touch everyone. Yeah. And that's just, it's not possible anymore. And it's crazy to me to think that these football players are out there playing with 
I mean, there is an audience, but it's so different because they're not actually there. Right. And I can't even imagine how different they feel out on the field playing. It's crazy. I mean, obviously, I think the professionals are, are have it one way, but the high school kids and middle school is, is slightly different, especially for our area. Mm-hmm. Um, each each student is given each dressed football player at this point or athlete is given two tickets and those two tickets are the only two people allowed in the stands wow so i mean my wife and i sat at a game last night and um out of the the bleachers that can hold five or six hundred people we were one of ten couples that sat there and watched the kids play yeah that's crazy to me it's just life has changed Mm -hmm. and you know, and, and but we're again very avid football family at this point. So we would attend every varsity football game on Friday night, and I, it's probably been nine years that I have missed a varsity game. Mm-hmm. And this year I can't go. I yeah. have to sit at home, and I had to purchase a subscription now to be able to watch the varsity football game. I mean, it was it was a decision I had to make, but it was like. Okay, I mean, whatever. I'm either going to spend this much money going to the games mm-hmm. or I'm going to spend this much money and then I can watch it every high school game. That is true. Yeah, definitely you know, a different experience. It w- it's just weird. And mm-hmm. this, this virtual thing has become the new the new normal, mm-hmm. is, I guess is a good way to put it, because we were talking a little bit about personal lives, but now if we go into the, the professional environment, the ability to, to work remote, and to do virtual meetings and online stuff and collaborate on uh, on the web and, and the different cloud-based systems has just become a new way to do things. Yeah, the push to digital, I mean, everything from meetings to the way we talk to customers to the way we even, like, promote our brand. It's just all been pushed digital. I yep. mean, yeah. I mean, I mean, some of the things that have changed here, obviously, we, we have the ability now to... F- kind of fluctuate back and forth when it comes to working remote mm-hmm. um we are at kind of a limited capacity on our manufacturing floor we've we unfortunately had to reduce staffing enough to make sure we have the ability to social distance and 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 implemented all kinds of different protocols we've we've changed the way we do customer visits we used to have customers come all the time and and tour our facility and showroom and kind of give them a, mm-hmm. the who and what of built systems and now that's almost stopped anything that is done that way is done virtually right. we'll have a if you would call it a, a a virtual meeting and and people log in and we do a, a presentation and kind of walk them through who we are and what built does it's just not the same mm-hmm. um, looking kind of more big picture globally even some of the the larger uh, process manufacturing plants have been impacted drastically I think this, the, 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 uh, the statistic was 75% of businesses in the United States have a supplier from China mm-hmm. or overseas. And when that, that, um, that can't, uh, the, the, the product line stopped, when that was all halted because there was nothing coming in from China, that affected almost everybody yeah, in some way or disruption. form. Mm-hmm. Um, we're, we're experiencing now, because there's a lot of paint chemicals and key ingredients that are coming from overseas that are no longer available then where it's affecting our ability to get certain colors and certain paints for our, our products and then like we talked earlier about the, the food industry we personally have not gone out to eat as much so their demand has dropped because i think everybody's kind of had 
a lot of people have kind of had the same thing where you're mm-hmm. not doing out, going out to eat and doing things like that socially as much. So that demand has decreased. Yeah, the food and beverage industry, in my opinion, is probably one of the most affected right now. They're, they are hurting. I know that. And and going back into some of the industrial manufacturing, some of the larger plants, we've seen in our area a push for automation. Mm-hmm. We've seen a push for these AGVs and, and things where it takes the human factor out of it. Not that they want to reduce staff, but they want to reduce the amount of interaction from person to person. Um, so the, the ability to do, do the AGV thing, to put up partitions and have sanitizer stations and everybody's wearing masks. And then um, there, there's the ability to do this 5S, this this cleaning re- regimen that now is part of, I think, everybody's lives. Mm-hmm. It's something that needs to be looked at. Yeah, I think every industry is dealing with this in a different way. And every industry has had to change a lot of their processes because of it. I mean, here at Built, we've done a lot of things differently due to COVID. Um, I mean, according to the National Association of Manufacturers, 53.5% of manufacturers anticipated a change in operations due to COVID-19, and we are definitely in that 53%. Um, We've changed a lot of processes. We've had to be adaptable. We even changed a lot of things back in March to supply a lot of healthcare workers with things they need. Brad, do you want to touch on some products we kind of made to help fight this pandemic? With our capabilities as far as manufacturing and, and fabrication, we we helped uh, a couple of very large um, medical suppliers uh, create parts for emergency beds mm-hmm. to set up the, the emergency hospitals and things like that that they were doing. Um, we provided some of the, the medical industry with uh, storage and racking and the ability to do um, to, to move heavy items up and down throughout different different tiers and things like that just and even if started to um manufacture and and do face shields Mm -hmm. just all these different sanitizers these different things that have now become just what we do it's something we did because we wanted to help we wanted to get we have all kinds of crazy abilities we just wanted to get it out there and help out right and a big way we were able to do this and keep operating was that we were able to adapt to the changing environment And a huge way we did this was, I mean, we already had our 5S methodology implemented, something Brad touched on earlier, but we really kind of focused on it. And if you don't know what that is, the 5S methodology kind of focuses on five S's. So those things are sort, straighten, shine, standardize, and sustain. So this method kind of keeps the workplace clean and organized while also creating a more efficient and disciplined work environment. And no matter what industry you're in, you can kind of use this methodology to keep you adaptable and flexible, especially in this time. So to go through it, I mean, I kind of look at it as the same way you'd look at cleaning your house. So step one is sort. So that's where you kind of take everything out, look at everything and say, okay, where do these things go? So if you're looking at like your bedroom during spring cleaning time, you kind of take everything out, take everything out from the closet, take everything from under your bed and just look at it and say, where do these things need to go? What do I need? What do I not need? I mean, that's the essential thing for spring cleaning is looking at what you don't need and tossing it, throwing it away, getting rid of it. So you're more efficient in the long run. The next step is to straighten. So that's where you kind of look at everything and say, okay, these things need a place to go. You organize them, put them with like things. Next step is shine. So that's just where you clean everything, sanitize everything, wash things, just like washing the dishes. 
Um, next step, standardize. Put these things in place. Put them where they need to go for day-to-day use so that you always know where these things are. You can always go back to them and you know that they're clean and ready to use. The next step is sustain. So this is the last step and it's basically just saying that you need to sustain these processes in order for this to work for you and keep you adaptable and flexible. Keep these clean processes, make sure you can sustain it and teach your employees about it because this will help you in the long run. I mean, you gave an awesome example here about cleaning the bedroom. My mind automatically goes to the kitchen. Mm -hmm. I don't know why. I must be hungry (laughs) this morning. But when I, any time I, I cook or I do something in the kitchen, if I'm measuring out some ingredients, I'll use the measuring cup and I automatically wash it and mm-hmm. then put it back. Yeah. Put it away. And it's one of those, I, I think a lot of us do steps in the 5S process and we don't know it. We don't realize that that's actually what we're, we're doing. We're, we're taking that ability, that time to, to sort, pull out the things that we're not using. I mean, Okay, I have a family, had a family of five down to four now because the one's going to college. But there was a point where stuff kind of gets crammed in the the, the, the cabinet. Mm-hmm. You don't realize it's there. I don't, there was a point where we had, I think we had like 12 travel mugs. Yep. How many travel mugs do you really need? Some of them were missing <laughs> parts and pieces. Mm-hmm. And so that's one of those things where you, you start to sort things. You pull things out and put pieces together, mm-hmm. get rid of what you don't need. Yeah. And put back the stuff you're going to use. Yeah, it's a time. I mean, there's a, you obviously don't want to do this like every day, the sort st- step, but there's a time where you realize you need to make things more efficient and yep. s- and safer and easier because in the long run, that's going to save you so much time. I mean, think about it. You're spending five minutes in the morning looking for this coffee mug top. <laughs> I mean, not doing that every day is just a- already that's going to save you so much time in the span of a year. Uh, yeah, and this it's it's crazy how... This ties in very much with one of the, a book I've been listening to lately called Extreme Ownership. And the very last chapter talks about how discipline equals freedom mm-hmm. and how once you set these standard procedures in place and you get this process down of how, how to sort straight and shine and standardize and sustain, you keep it going. It, it, you streamline the way you do something that allows for more time and more flexibility going forward. Now that you understand what your process is, you can if need be, tweak it here and there to give yourself a little bit of flexibility to, to modify this, to change that. And then you, you get more time. Like you yep. talked about, instead of spending that five minutes looking for that one stinking little lid for the, yep. the, the, the travel mug, because you, have, you pull the whole cup out, the lid, and everything's right there. You fill mm-hmm. it up, you go on your day. Um, that it's, it's a huge change. It's a huge way of thinking. And I think a lot of us do it. We just don't know it Mm -hmm. we definitely do it a lot in our personal lives but not so much in our work lives i think and that change of thinking to being more adaptable and flexible is really what you need to do especially in time periods like this so this i mean as as awful and terrible as this covid thing has been Mm -hmm. i think it's really changed a lot in our everyday lives and some of it for the better we've we've taken the time now having to to be uh I guess you could say locked up with your family for those that had them. It, I mean, it gave you a little bit more time to to re- reflect and get used to, you know, who they are again. We, there was a point in life where we, everything was go. Mm-hmm. There was no stop and, and, and talk to this person, talk to that person. And now, and I don't know, I think a lot of us have become closer as families because we, you know, spent that 
six weeks or whatever locked up in the house together. At least it has been for the from our house. Mm-hmm. And just the, the ability to be flexible, to change from what we have been doing in the past to being able to modify that going forward and to be able to streamline the processes has, has definitely made us look at things differently. Do we... We have to change. Mm-hmm. If you're stuck in doing it the old way, the same thing that you know we did 50 years ago, um, at, at some point it's going to be phased out, and we now have to evolve and, and and go forward and change the way we do things. And um, having a, a good, clean, straightened 5S facility and 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 life allows you to be flexible and and manipulate those things to go into the future. And like I said earlier, I think it's one of those we do more often than we think mm-hmm. um, and it's just become un- uh, amazingly just a part of our everyday life yeah thanks for tuning in and listening to this episode look for our next episode where we will be interviewing michelle mancuso from built we will begin to break down the design and capabilities of our assembly table series 